الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى ولقد آتينا داود وسليمان علما وقال الحمد لله الذي فضلنا على كثير من عباده المؤمنين صدق الله العظيم Poverty is a blessing, then wealth also is a blessing. Then it is left to the user how he uses it, how he conducts himself in poverty and what he does with his wealth and riches. If he doesn't conduct himself correctly in poverty, then the poverty becomes a musibat, a calamity and a disaster for him. And if he conducts himself correctly in that wealth, then that wealth becomes a blessing for him. So it is how the person conducts himself in different, different situations, in the situation of wealth, in the situation of constraints and difficulties. But Ayyub salam is tried with wealth, children, properties, livestock. And then he's tried again with poverty, sicknesses, suffering, loss of life, children. So he's tried out in both situations. Allah Ta'ala asked him, O oh, Ayyub salam, <clears throat> were you happier with me? in suffering and difficulty when there was some death in your family 18 children had died and all that wealth and the riches we had blessed you all had gone everything had been wiped out or are you happier with me now that I have restored everything I have restored everything and we have doubled it if you had 18 then 36 you had so many properties now so much more then are you happy with me with the constraints and the suffering or are you happier with me with the prosperity and the restoration of your health and wealth? So the, every leg of the journey we need the Anbiya They will teach us every step how do we conduct ourselves, what do we say and what must be the mindset. So that Ayyub salam is bathing and there is a shower of gold locusts 
Bukhari Sharif Hadith, a whole shower of locusts, pure gold, all falling on him. And he is collecting it. So Allah asks him, Alam Ughnika, haven't I given you enough wealth that you are collecting all this? So he says, Lah Rina An Anka. Nobody can say, no human being can say that I don't need you. Your gifts, whether they are small, your gifts, whether they are huge, but every step, when it's your gift, that I'm totally dependent. I cannot say that I don't need your gifts. Now, this gift is coming directly from you. When it's come from you directly, then I need it. So Allah Ta'ala asks Ayyub al-Islam, so are you happier with the wealth? Oh, would you, are you happier with the constraints and the sufferings? You lost all 18 children. All your properties were wiped out. All your wealth was finished. Nobody stood at your side besides your wife. Full body was with aches and with sores, etc. So, are you happier with the constraints or with the prosperity? So, now look, look at the jawab, look at the answer. He says, Oh Allah Ta'ala, both are your favors. Whether it's prosperity, whether it is suffering, both are your favors. But what I've been going through in the suffering, the joy, the enjoyment, the happiness, then I can't equate it with the enjoyment of prosperity. Because in the suffering, I used to get a message from you every day. Every morning, I used to get a message, Ayub, tera mizaj kaisa hai? My dear Ayub, how do you feel this morning? Said so he used to carry me, it used to be so, so well that my Allah Ta'ala has spoken to me directly today, this morning. I should just wait for the next morning to hear that message from you again, O Allah Ta'ala. And number two, it was that when I didn't have that wealth, that my communication was you, with you was direct. There was no interruption. Absolute, pure, clean communication. Now, that I've got the wealth and the prosperity, then too I enjoy communication, but via this and via that, and via the other one and the third one and the fourth one, now I don't have the direct line. So Allah Ta'ala had blessed Sulaiman al-Islam with a lot of wealth, a lot of power. قَالَ رَبِّ اغْفِلْ لِي وَهَبْ لِي مُلْكًا لَا يَنْبَغِي لِأَحَدٍ مِنْ بَعْدِي They made this dua, Allah Ta'ala, do forgive me and bless me with a kingdom that is absolutely unique to myself. We haven't given this to anybody in the past, nor will you give something like this to anybody in the future. Something absolutely unique. So, فَسَخَّرْنَا لَهُ الْرِيحِ Then Allah Ta'ala gave him a kingdom that was unprecedented. Control over the winds. سليمان الريح غدوها شهر ورواحها شهر in the morning, he would cover a, mo- a month's distance. And in the evening, he would cover a month's distance. Not in a small airplane with 500 passengers, with 10,000 passengers, with jinnat, passengers, all the army equipment that's required in one flight. One flight would cover a whole morning's distance, a whole month's distance. A whole month's distance is about 1,400 kilometers in that zamana, right? In that zamana, it was 1,400 kilometers. But in the morning stride, it would cover an entire month's journey. 
all modern technology put together, can they do something like this? 10,000 passengers in one stroke. In the evening, again, 10,000 passengers in one stroke. One stride, and they have covered such a distance. So Allah granted him the command over the winds. Then he granted him the command over the seas. Then he granted him the command and the control over the jinnat. They would build up tall, tall structures for him. And then they would dive the bottom, the dirt of the sea, pull out emeralds, rubies and gold for him. So the control over the jinnat. There wasn't a jinn that wasn't under his control, control over Sulaiman al-Islam. So control over the air, control over the sea, control over the jinnat, knowing the language of animals and birds. If an ant is walking here, can you hear, can you listen? With the, with the best equipment, can you listen to the footsteps? Sulaiman Islam's ear and listening was so profound that not only the footsteps, even the language of the animals, the birds and the insects, you would be able to listen very clearly. One ant is speaking to the other ant and he listens to the communication absolutely clearly. Clearly. Get into your dwellings. Let it not be that Sulaiman al-Islam or his armies trample you. Now in all this, his one bird, he would take uh, an account uh, like how in a school or in a, in a factory uh, they see now who's there, who's not there. Take a muster of all those that are present, those that aren't present. So he's seeing now the different departments all are there at the service or not. And he says Mali la aral hudhud ankana minal ghaibin This hudhud bird, right? This bird, yeah, I don't see this thing here. Where is it? So when a person is in charge of a dini obligation, then he cannot just assign the obligation and not look at it personally. You assign the work, alright? One person can't do all the work. But after having assigned the work, you have to see now the different, different departments. Are they accomplishing properly or not? So the hudud is one department. And he says, Mali, Allah, Aral, Hudud, I don't see this thing. Right. It was the habit of Rasulullah that he would <coughs> also check up on his Sahaba Ikram, Tafakkud. That if, for example, someone wasn't around, so he would find out, is this person, is he alright? We haven't seen him for further. Is he sick? Is he in need? Is he in any type of difficulty? We go and pay him a visit and see what we can do for him. Sometimes what happens is we get into one line of ibadat and everything else is shelved. So here Rasulullah is doing the ibadat. There's nobody like him that does tahajjud the whole night. His feet are getting swollen. Your feet ever got swollen with tahajjud namaz. His feet are swollen, right? But parallel to that, he's looking what is the welfare, what is the condition of the people around Medina, Munawara, that becomes his concern. That if I am being good to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah also wants of me that I be good to his subjects and to his people.
So the person of wealth, person of influence, the person of might, he can't be boastful over the wealth, the influence and the muscle that he's got. What he should see is, right, this additional gift that Allah Pak has given me, what am I doing for the people around? To some extent, I must do it, I must do for them as well, because this is not of my own achievement, no. It is the favor of Allah Ta'ala. By the same token, it was the style of the Sahaba Kiram, إِذَا فَقَدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ تَفَقَّدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ If they saw that some things were not working out, like now I'm in a routine of doing tahajjud, or reading so much of Quran Sharif, and I'm seeing now, sometimes the thing is just falling down, I'm not getting it like I was supposed to, I was doing it, going down, or I was not watching the wrong things, you know, video and social sites, and all. I wasn't looking at all these wrong things. And now, I'm falling into this type of wrong things, I'm seeing what I'm not supposed to be seeing, I'm listening what I'm not listen, supposed to be listening, I'm getting engaged in that type of discussion, that I'm not supposed to be getting engaged. So I see, إِذَا فَقَدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ تَفَقَّدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ When they see things are not working out, then they retrospect, they check within themselves, where, where have I gone wrong? Somewhere I made rebirth, I gossiped, I looked at the wrong thing, I was present where there were some wrong discussions carrying on, some rebirth was taking place, some gossip was taking, taking place, someone was being slandered, someone was being disgraced, and I was a participant, I was passive, I was a passive participant to that whole discussion, and I didn't raise a brow, I didn't object to that. So, إِذَا فَقَدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ تَفَقَدُوا أَعْمَالَهُمْ They would check up. Hudud comes around, and he says, I have brought some information that you don't have access to. You don't have access to that, and I have, saw, I have seen this. Impressing upon us that the know of the unseen is Allah Ta'ala alone, not any wali, not any nabi. That is Allah Ta'ala. He has got complete, absolute knowledge. What is now, what is going to happen in a million years, what happened before a million years, that complete, perfect, precisive knowledge is with Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah Ta'ala has got no partner in that. Light has got no partner in his being. He's got no partner and he's got no, no partnership in his attributes as well. Absolutely unique. So he says very boldly, I've got information that you have no access to. I've come here from Saba, and I see them bowing down, making sajda to the sun, to the, to the sun, min dunillah. So now, <coughs> Suleiman says, Al-Islam says, sananzuru wa sadaqta am kunta min al-kathibin. It's a one-sided information. I cannot take your word for granted. I must see now, from the other side as well, whether this information of yours is right or not right. Because it is a tendency of man that the woman should get you to do something. She must just get you at the right time, feed you nicely, crack a joke, give you an ice cream. And then now she must give you a story. You know this one here? Let's watch out for your mother. Let's watch out. She is the spanner. But she got you taped nicely. Got the dessert, got the milkshake, got the cappuccino, everything right. Now she's giving the story. The mother-in-law is giving it to the daughter-in-law. Yeah, you, 
doing this sab kaam kharab kar deti hai everything is spoiling the daughter in law is very relaxed and she says she turns around and says mujhe kya fikr the daughter in law the mother in law is shouting so see i'll report you to the husband to your my son so the daughter in law is very relaxed and says mujhe to koi fikr nahi tum to khari khari kahogi main to pari pari kahungi see you will say your husband what you need to say right exactly me i will get him in the right frame of mind fix him up right then i will chawi then i'll give it to him see this fights <clears throat> we starts off we hear one side and because we are siding and we like that person so we just go with the flow we not ascertaining not confirming whether that is right or not right now that makes us understand the felicity the wrong of the social sides social sides media radios most of the time the information is not verified i know i was once i won't say where it was but i was once in a place right it just happened there was some heavy uh, fighting going on army is on side and the people are fighting against the army i was there now army is coming in with the tanker i'm there i'm sitting i'm there in a hotel and the army is pulling it's a tanker and you can hear heavy gunfire and the whole ground is shaking in the meanwhile was one uncle from rawat uh, from from reunion you know he is there so he said me zara khambri level ko hu kya that announcement is going in a different language i know the language so just listen now what what is speaking about so the announcer is saying alan al umur kullaha tahat musaytiratin tamma now presently everything is under control absolute i can hear the gunshots the whole ground shaking like this and this is the radio that is announcing so that's the work of a media the media's work is to sell news and they can sell the news if they know which button to press how to tune the thing how to there's a design to design it and give it to you if they don't excite you the news can't sell and now we are so gullible that anything comes from news media social sites whatever whether it's one sided whether you heard the other side but he said it now and he said it so nicely so we just take it hook line and send sink right but is that the way suleiman is saying no sananzuru asadaqta am kunta min alkazibin we going to verify this information whether you saying the truth or you made up a story here we going to verify see nabi na how thara the rabis you won't just do things like that see we may think to ourselves it's just information so i saw the information so what's what's the big deal about it but you don't realize that sometimes you're building up an enmity for someone based on some wrong information right sometimes it is your beliefs are going off based on some misinformation sometimes your character and your ways are getting all affected just on the basis of some misinformation so the need to verify information otherwise don't listen to it at all either you don't listen to it absolute no social media no radio no news to listen to it and then you listen to just one person who you feel is very thorough in his knowledge in his understanding in his direction that he's giving he's got a whole load of experience you listen to him 
Otherwise, if you are into this news business, then go and verify the information. Don't do anything. Don't open fire without verifying. Walid radiallahu, he sent to one tribe to go and collect the, the, year, the annual zakat. Banul Mustaq, he has to go there to go and collect the annual zakat. So as he goes, as he's approaching the town, he sees all those people are waiting. So he, well, he became apprehensive that I had some old scores with these people in the days of ignorance. They have come out waiting for me. I, the moment I reached it, they want to finish me up. So he saw them from a distance, two, three kilometers away, took a U-turn, came back to Medina. Ya Rasulullah, these people are all armed to the teeth. They want to kill me. Rasulullah sends Khalid with a battalion. And he says, Khalid, you go, and before you do anything, go and investigate. Don't you open fire, don't do anything. Go and investigate. At Khalid, it's his luck, he meets the leader midway. He asked the leader, well, what's going on? He said, no, we got no intentions. We collected there, we all assembled there. That we may, there was the first time in our history that we had the opportunity to give out something in the name of Allah Ta'ala. So we were too excited for that occasion. Therefore we came out. Now see, if he went and shot those people. Khalid just went without doing any investigation. How, much, how many of innocent lives would have been taken? Now that's a Nabi. And Nabi's knowledge is perfect. So he says, don't you do anything without investigation. So if you know you're going to do things without investigation, sometimes your character is going to get affected. Sometimes you will become biased. Sometimes your heart is going to be filled with malice. Sometimes your beliefs are going to be shaken. So either you don't listen to it, just listen to one person. Or if you are listening to you in the business of listening to every and any information, then go and verify everything. Every information you've got, verify it. Is it thorough? Is it right? Must I go to this? Uh, can I uh, digest this type of information? Sometimes the information may be right, but you don't have the ability to digest it. About a week ago, one small child, seven-year-old child, right? Coming from somewhere, somewhere in Germany, I won't say the place. So he comes, now and then he comes to Spingo. So he'll talk to me here, the child now, you have to just amuse them a little bit, make them feel nice. So make them feel nice. So he's telling me, uh, but Murana, you know, what's wrong in wearing just one cloth in namaz? One cloth, just one cloth in namaz, what's wrong? You know, because, he's telling me now, see this is a child, seven year, or whatever, seven year of age, and he's telling me, you know what? But the Sahaba Ikram used to perform namaz in just one cloth. Now I, I knew exactly what this child is doing. <coughs> I knew exactly what he's doing. <coughs> so this hadith comes in Abu Dawud Sharif. The hadith reads, Awalikullikum thawban. Does each, does every one of you have two pieces of cloth? Now, Look at the whole context. You see that this is pulled out of context, just one line, and is given to the little child. And this child now says, What's wrong? Well, if I just perform namaz in a three quarters, what's wrong? I called my sutter. So what's wrong? What's the big deal about it? So I have to explain this child now, to start the whole, the whole background of this hadith, the whole context. 
So I said, this is, it's a time where many Sahaba Kiram had just one cloth. Nothing besides one cloth. Constraints had reached such a level that sometimes the wife hasn't got sufficient cloth to cover herself properly for her to perform, perform namaz. So the husband is going to the masjid with her one cloth, doing the namaz, returning home, passing on the cloth to the wife that she may do her namaz. So that's the situation, that's the financial constraints. They cannot afford a second cloth. Right? So when they couldn't afford a second cloth, so Rasulullah them, everybody doesn't possess two cloths. So that one cloth, so long as it covers your satar, your namaz is valid. Now do you see the, do you see the context? And then I have to explain the child according to his level. Say, see, look at it. Let alone the Sahaba Ikram, even Rasulullah months would pass with just dates and water. Now, will you tell, will, if your mother tells you tomorrow that, see, child, Yusuf, you know what? Sahaba Ikram and Rasulullah would just live on dates and water, so you must live with dates and water for 20 days. Is that acceptable? Is that acceptable? I can't manage for one day. So, when they make that financial constraints, they had to live. So, they had to live just with dates and water. But now, that wasn't the standard. That wasn't the desired thing. But now, I'm living in constraints. He can't say, the child won't say, uh, Ma, until you can't prepare biryani for me with saffron and with fish, you know, 74 fish. If you don't prepare that for me, I'm not going to eat. Mother, what would the, what would the mother do? She'll take out the veil and you better eat. Because she knows that's the line, that, that's a lifeline. If he doesn't eat, he's going to die. He must eat. The day we can afford it, you'll eat that as well. But now to sustain life, just carry on like this. So exactly the same, to do the namaz, that was the only cloth that was available, do the namaz. The day you got proper clothing, then you come well attired to the masjid. Khudu zinatakum in the kulli masjidu wa kulu wa sharabu wa la tusibu. Wear your full apparel, good apparel, the apparel that is good, that you would wear amongst respectable persons. The cloth of respect generally in the past and present is it must be loose and it must be flowing. It must be loose and it must be flowing. You look at the past, your dada or great dada, what was the style of cloth? What is all short, short was flowing and was loose. So that was a that was a standard clothing of all the good of the past and the good people presently. This tight clothing, etc., short clothing, etc. That's not the clothing and the apparel of the righteous. So anyway, we're talking about verifying information and the failure of verifying information. What is the, what it does to you? Then there is another group that. I want to listen, I want to pay attention to any and every, every information. Every information comes in, I want to take it on. Now many a time, that information is not suitable for you. You can't handle that information. So you can't take information that you cannot handle. You take on that information that you can handle. But you can't handle that information, you don't take it on. One friend of mine, he tells me, 
in the in the summer months now, and he just opened the trap door and he saw a big, big, thick mamba, about three meters so thick. So I said, "What you did?" Interesting now, just to find what he did. So no, I, co- I spoke to the snake catcher. So he was there in half an hour's time. He charged me about two thousand. So I was watching how he goes about doing it. He's got a style. How it will take him about an hour just to reach for its head. You know how he, how tactfully he has to go reach for the head, hold that thing without hurting himself. Then he goes and sells it to the park spot. He makes another five thousand. Me, he made two thousand. He got five thousand. For him, ek din ke to bhot zyada ho gaya. It's enough for him. But now you cannot say that the snake catcher caught the snake, so I can do the same. Can you do it? You don't have the muscle for it. He's got the muscle, he's got the training. He does it, it's not harmful, it's not harmful, not dangerous. And you do it, you'll kill yourself. So that information for some persons, it's alright. It doesn't affect his belief, it doesn't affect his behavior, conduct, his thinking, there's no malice in his heart. He knows how to verify that information, he does it right. But if that person has got it, because there's a need, he's in, he needs to see that information for whatever reason, an alim or something, so he needs to see that information. So if he handles it, it doesn't affect him. You handle the information, it can be dangerous for you. So Sulaiman al-Islam says, Sananzuru wa sadaqtam kunta min al-kadibin. Idhabbi kitabiha, that takes letter of mine, go and deliver it to the queen that is bowing down to the sun. Go and deliver it and see, fanzur maza yarji'un, see what reply you will receive. Now, Kalamul muluki, mulukul kalam. When kings and lords speak, they speak precisely, short, to the point, comprehensive, complete. So it writes, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. That's how we're supposed to be starting a letter, right? Allah ta'alu alayya wa atuni muslimin. Just one line. You don't show me an attitude and come to me in full surrender. See that king. You don't show me an attitude and you come to me in total submission. Everything what a king is supposed to be said is all, is all encapsulated in this one line. In one line it's encapsulated. Now Suleiman al knows, alright, this is true. In the meanwhile, uh, Suleiman al Islam <coughs> has got his whole assembly, his whole parliament. In his parliament he's making an announcement. You see, there's a queen that is coming in. And this queen must understand that she needs to subject herself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But she can only get to this understanding if this material thing is made to her to be very insignificant. She is proud, uh, proud about the wealth she's got. She is too arrogant about what she's got. Balantum bihadiyatikum tafrahun. You are proud about your wealth. So now she needs to understand that this is kachra is nothing. Now how to do it? So he has to impress her to make her understand that there's another life beyond this life here. We take this life to be be all and end all. So he has to impress upon her that this is just a temporary thing, is a kachra in comparison to the hereafter. So now Suleiman Islam does two things. The one thing he does is, you know, she's bringing, she's got her envoy, the whole ambassador is coming in, with some bricks of gold. 20, 30 bricks of gold, and they bring it, right? 
So one block now, one block is a big block, maybe 15 kilos or something, and 20, 30, you can imagine how much, right? Suleiman Islam says to his people, right, I know what she's doing, but I say, in an hour's time, you pave the whole road for 50 kilometers with pure gold. Now, when she brought this thing here, what, is, what it looks like, hey, I'm a hopeless thing here, man. I'm giving, offering 20 bricks of gold, here the whole road for 50 kilometers, 10, 20 meters wide, 20, 30 meters wide, and 50 kilometers in length, made of pure gold. What am I showing him? So she must feel that this is nothing. The akhirat is more significant. Comparison to the akhirat, this is absolute kachra, nothing waste. And then again here to show, even in technology, I'm so advanced. And he says, أَيُّكُمْ يَأْتِينِي بِعَرْشِهَا قَبْلَ أَنْ يَأْتُونِي مُسْلِمِينَ See her throne, one was one of its kind, right? Like you hear of the throne of India in the, in the time of the Mughals, right? One of its kind. They used to call it Ta'us. So they used to call it Ta'us, one of its kind. So that throne itself was about 50-60 meters in length and equal in, in breadth as well. Started with rubies and stones and everything else. So she was so proud of a magnificent throne. The Quran Sharif also says, Walaha Arshun Azim. So he addresses his assembly and tells them, Ayyukum yaatini bi arshiha qabla ayyatuni muslimin. Who of you now will bring the throne to me before she comes to me in submission? Because now she already surrendered. She knows this is something else. Suleiman is something totally else. She's done her homework and she knows how magnificent, how powerful, how mighty he is. He said, before she can reach her, in an hour's time, less than an hour, and this throne must be here before me. So, one jinnah says, قَبْلَ أَن تَكُومَ مِن مَقَامِكَ I'll bring it before the end of the sitting. The sitting will take another one hour to end up. But before that, I'll bring it. One, one jinn, a free to milk, powerful, mighty jinn. He said, I'll get it like this. قَالَ الَّذِي عِنْدَهُ عِلْمٌ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ but the one that had knowledge, right, he had learned some names of Allah Ta'ala through which the du'as get answered. So whatever du'a you make, and the du'a is answered. You know, you ask for wealth and it's there. You ask for gold and it's there. So I was just relating the story to, to one accountant, you know. So she said, what was the du'a? What was the du'a? By Try to understand, there's another, there's a more important thing to this. You ask him, you want to make some more wealth. You got so much, and you want, to make, you, want me, you want me to give you that name, so that your du'as are answered, and your wealth can just double. Anyway. So he says, Before you can bat an eye, before the twinkling of an eye, I will be, it will be a straight. Now this is now, the, the highlight of this whole story. Not all this, the rest of it is not the highlight. This is the highlight. In the face of wealth, what's going to be your response? In the face of power, might, glory, right? Are you going to be proud, showing an, showing an attitude, arrogance? Are you going to be doing that? What's going to be your attitude, your response, your behavior in the face of glory, magnificence, might, strength, clout, and all that? How are you going to take this thing here? 
So Allah has recorded his whole story here to let us appreciate this last verse here. He says, when he saw, فَلَمَّا رَآهُ مُسْتَقِرًّا عِنْدَهُ When he saw the throne settled by him, saw it now, it's there, right? The same throne. So he says, Suleiman al-Islam's response, you see. Suleiman al-Islam's response. Because when you talk about wealth, say, no, don't run after wealth and all that. So people say, no, but Suleiman al-Islam also had wealth. That's the response that you get. But he had also wealth. But when he had wealth, you see his behavior, how he conducted himself. You're looking at the story one-sided. You're saying information, but one-sided. The side that uh, will be agreeable to you. Suleiman al-Islam had thousands of horses because he's got such a huge army, thousands of horses he's got. Like I say, when it's a head of a state, an Islamic state, he must personally go and see every department that is running well or not. He mustn't just assign it. Periodically, in intervals, he will go and check each department, what's happening everywhere. So, he is now inspecting his horses. Right. For the late afternoon, and he's seeing his horses. Safinat, jihad. Jihad is very swift, right? And Safinat, they're very well trained. So they, when it's very well trained, they call them Safinat. And Safinat, they've got a certain, like a posture. The posture is that it will be standing, the horse will be standing on three legs, and the fourth one will be slightly off the ground. Right? The hoof will be slightly off the ground. So that's called Safinat, it's very well trained, a very high pedigree horse. So now his wife is inspecting all this. Now that inspection was coinciding with some devotional practice of his. Like you know you say wazifa, some zikr, Quran Sharif, Tilawat, some optional thing. Now, in the midst of the inspection, this ibadat was left out. So he has to do this, this is also for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. But he can't leave out this as well. This is an indirect ibadat, this is a direct ibadat. For this indirect thing, because he's going to be using it for jihad, for this indirect thing, he can't leave out his personal devotions. Although it may be nafal, but it's a personal devotion, he can't leave it out. So when he realized now that he was so absorbed into this that some of his devotional practices like his tilawat of the zabur, etc. that was left out. He says, no, rudduha ali. All that horses, just bring it back. The thousand, ten thousand, bring it. Fatafika masham bisuki wal anak. He began slaughtering. Now I can't keep it in my name at all. It has to, it's offered for the sake of Allah to slaughter all. Now I stop here abruptly and ask. I ask, right? <coughs> you bought that murk, right? And that murk distracted you from one namaz. Your asr namaz got kaza. You were doing a deal with someone, right? And one namaz got kaza. Have you got the heart to say, right, I'm giving it to the power of Allah. This thing here distracted me from my namaz. You've got Even if you have a hundred murks, have you got the heart to do it? Now that's Sulaiman Islam. When you say Sulaiman Islam had wealth, he had wealth and he had the balance. If this thing distracted him from his devotional practice by let it go, that thing can't turn me. Hubbal khayri an dhikri rabbi hatta tawarat bil hijab. Uduha alay. 
Do you see the comprehensive, complete perfection of a Nabi? So don't you compare yourself with these people. They are a different class altogether. Say, Allah say I'm weak. Allah must correct me, bring me online. I don't have that type of balance like the Ammiya alayhi salatu wasalam. Where am I to compare myself with the Nabi? So now we're seeing the highlight of this whole story comes here. When he's seeing all these things happening before him, control, air, wind, sea, everything controlled. So he says, Ahada min fadli rabbi. This is only the blessing of Allah Ta'ala. See, I got children, blessing of Allah Ta'ala. My child can read so well, blessing of Allah Ta'ala. He's making so much of wealth, Alhamdulillah, it's only the grace of Allah Ta'ala. It's not my doing, it's not his doing, it's the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Where I was and what I am now, only the grace of Allah Ta'ala. My children are progressive, they're doing so much. By it's not my doing. Don't you attribute it to me. Because it came, it can, Allah can take it in a flash of an eye, he can take the whole thing. So you don't attribute anything to yourself. Hada min fadli rabbi. See the cognizance, the presence of mind, the consciousness. That's the thing that is required. See, that's the highlight. Hada min fadli. Allah got it in record. That the man, in the face of all that glory, all that pride, that magnificence, the beauty, everything, you know, what you can think of, with all that, what he says, min fadli rabbi, not mine, not my doing. It is purely the doing of Allah Ta'ala. So I can't be proud of myself. I can't impress others of my wealth, of my position, of my influence, my power. Suleiman al was very fluent in speech. So I can't, I can't impress upon all these things. I can't impress upon anybody for the saviors of Allah Ta'ala. Min fadli rabbi. It is only and only the grace of Allah Ta'ala, the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. The reason is why. Why Allah has given me this? Why? Liyabuluanis. First he says that this is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Then, these bounties that are conferred upon me, why? لِيَبْلُوَنِي أَشْكُرُ أَمْ أَكْفُرُ That's the, the whole reason. To test me whether I am showing gratitude or I am ungrateful to Allah Ta'ala. See, it's easy to take that thing. To see that wealth is easy. To drive around like that, to go for a holiday, to have that type of investment, is easy. But to have this recognition and understanding... That this is a trial. And Allah wants to see that am I showing the required amount of gratitude or am I disregarding the favor of Allah? What am I doing? When he comes down, say, no, but it's Allah shukr, but I work for it also, you know. Pasina, pasina, nikal gaya. See how we say, but I, but I, what but I? Not you at all, but it was Allah that did it. Not your mehnat, not your effort, not your brains, not your acumen, absolutely nothing. I asked you for a moment, had Allah have not given you the brain, right? Then could you, could you have been boasting like this? So that which is given directly or indirectly, both are from Allah Ta'ala. Not for a moment must you think that it's yours, or it's your achievement, your acumen, your style, your smartness, no, no, nothing at all. Then he rounds it up and he says, even if I am grateful, then this is not a feather on the cap of Allah Ta'ala. It is to my own gain. Not that Allah got a cap. Just figuratively I'm saying, it's not going to be of any good to Allah Ta'ala. If I bring this, it's not going to be any good. It's for my own good. I need to show gratitude. 
I need to understand that it is from Allah Ta'ala. I need to acknowledge. Now Allah likes it when you acknowledge. See, I'll just end up this talk here. See, what may be going wrong today is we went into wealth, a lifestyle, right? Into a lifestyle. Number two, entertainment and excitement, holiday, car, all the whatever, right? Number three, investments. Here, Hong Kong and wherever else, Timbuktu, we were all investments everywhere, right? So that's the three goals of every person today. Lifestyle, excitement and entertainment. I finish this now, try that, finish that one there, try something else. Entertainment and excitement, right? And the third, investment and security. That's the, the essence or the goal of everybody's life. So all what is happening, Allah is shaking you up by, this is the kafir's take on life. That's how he looks at life. It's not a Muslim's take. Your life starts with death. In the dar al-akhirata lahiyal hayawan. The life starts with death. You know, all these cases are happening. That the first person was there. He's telling me, Mahana, you know what? I went through the most amount in these two months, about 250 cases I went through. But I can see very safely that every Muslim's face was smiling. So good it was. Today I think about five calls or seven calls as if man went, my brother, father, uncle, wife, were. But there was such a smile. One man comes and tells me, you know, all this just now, just now. The whole day I'm just listening to these calls. You have to say, alright, you have to listen to them. Somebody you become, it's miserable because other works is getting affected. But now just for that person's condolence, you have to listen to his story. He said, this stuff is looking so, so beautiful, you know. I never see her as beautiful like this. Although she's about over 60 years of age, but the beauty that I saw in the face was never like before. Someone is saying, his uncle died today, you know, it's today. The smile was so broad, like, you know, hey, like, he just had to burst out laughing. One person is saying to me, uh, you know what, I saw the person in the dream. I saw him and he says, hey, tell the guys that I'm not dead, I'm alive, man. I'm alive. Now, this is exactly the Quran Sharif. What he said is exactly the Quran Sharif. This is all shaheeds. It's a shahadat, it's a martyrdom for every Muslim. It's a word of Rasul and can't go wrong. It's a martyrdom for every Muslim. So the man is saying, tell the people outside that I'm not dead, I'm alive. What's wrong with you? Why are you, talking, why are you counting me as dead? Allah says, لا تقولوا لمن يقتلوا في سبيل الله أموات بالأحياء So, for those people that went, we feel, a separ- we feel a hurt for separation. But we also feel happy they're in a far better place. Because they are saying now, they're actually saying, but we don't want to go back man, don't call us back now. We don't want to see you now, you must come join us. They're so excited. They're in such excitement, they don't want to, they don't want to reverse this thing yet. Can you imagine the ex- level of excitement? And what is better, than this shahadat, when Rasul himself says, you know, in the galaxy of the Anbiya, the, that, that level is the highest, Anbiya highest. And in that galaxy, the highest is Rasul And then shahadat is such a great thing, martyrdom is such a great thing, that Hazrat Nabi himself says, لَوَدِدْتُ أَنْ أُقْتَلَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ أُحْيَا ثُمَّ أُقْتَلَ ثُمَّ أُحْيَا ثُمَّ أُقْتَلَ My longing is, I must give my life for the sake of Allah, I must become shaheed. I must come alive again. And I must become shaheed again. It's such an experience. It's so beautiful. You know, it's an experience. You just want to go through it again. And again and again. 
So Rasulullah was the greatest of Ambiyais. He is desirous of that. So if someone goes through it, they'd be happy. You don't say, hey, you know, the doctor did this, the hospital did that, and then hey, they diagnosed, they didn't diagnose. I don't make a story. For everything, Allah Ta'ala is a distinct time. You can't alter that thing. You take help. I don't say you don't take help. You take precaution. Don't, don't say don't take precaution. But then don't overdo things. Just do it moderately. And yaqeen, 100% yaqeen is Allah Ta'ala. Inshallah, they're in a better place than they were. Keep making dua. And, Ana in the zanni abdi bi. You think of me like this. I will treat you like that. The way you think, the way you, the opinion that you have of me, I will treat you like that. Allah Ta'ala grant us all tawfiq. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wassalamu ala rasooli al-kareem. Wa alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Rabbana salamna anfusana. Wa illam taghfillana wa tarhamna. Lanakunanna minal khasirin. Ma'atina fi dunya hasana. Fi l'akhirati hasana. Waqina adab al-nar. Awmaghfillana walilmuminina walmuminat. Walmuslimina walmuslimat. Alahyai minhum walumwad. Innaka sami'un qaribun mujibu al-da'wad. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم تب علينا إنك أنت الطواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى وصحبه أجمعين